Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no off-season, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Let me uh, tell you a little bit about my morning, because I think it is a metaphor for what I am thinking and feeling regarding the state of baseball and my emotions around baseball going past Labor Day. I was asleep. I'm ready to uh, walk my kids to school today. And I love doing that. And as I I don't get to do it as often as I'd like. So I, I, I was really looking forward. This is going to be a fun day. that We're going to walk, we talk, and everything like that. You know... I, I'm I'm a decent dad, and I'm getting ready. I'm 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 figuring out what I'm gonna wear. You know, I, I I take a lot of time to figure out my wardrobe. Okay, here are my jeans. Which T-shirt am I wearing with my jeans? It's a long process. My stylist talks to me frequently, and as I'm going through my pile of T-shirts, my son comes up to me with a sheepish look, saying, "Daddy, yeah, buddy, the toilet's overflowing." The toilet is overflowing. And I come in, and boy, he wasn't kidding. I mean, this was grab two of every animal kind of overflowing. And I'm like, all right, so, you know, we become little beavers. We make sure things don't flow into the hallway. We mop things up and everything, start the scrubbing. And I realize they have to leave in about five, ten minutes, and this is at least a six to eleven minute job that I'm doing, and that I really didn't want their mother to walk out and start her day with a, basically a dam of towels and water still on the floor with a post-it note saying, toilet overflowed, walking the boys to school. That didn't seem like a smart thing for your pal Sully to do. So I said, guys, just you go. Walk to school. Uh, I'm going to clean this up. Grab the mop. Grab some towels. Clean stuff up. Started cleaning up crap. And put the stuff away. The toilet is clean now. But that's that's not how I wanted to start today. Now what does that have to do with baseball? I am pissed off that I have to do the podcast that I'm about to do because it's so unnecessary. And yet, here we are. So, I'm. this is my favorite time of the year, with the possible exception of Christmas, which I do enjoy Christmas and opening presents and giving presents and love and everything that you have during that time. The period of time from the day after Labor Day till the end of the World Series, that to me is Christmas morning every day. This is what I look forward to every day. What I look forward to every year is this period of time in baseball because it's the home stretch. The games matter more. If you, I mean, it's winding down saying, which are the teams whose year this will be. When you think of any, if you're a baseball fan like me, you think of 
a year and you associate the teams that won that year. You know, 86, you know, Mets, Red Sox, Astros, Angels. You know, last year with the Dodgers and the Astros, but the great series with the Yankees and you had the Indians, you had the Red Sox and you had the Cubs and you had the, the another collapse by Washington. You had all the, I mean, you, you associate the years. 2016 was Cubs, Indians. That's what you think about. You know, there's years when the Giants won, there's years when the Red Sox won. If I say 96 to a Yankee fan, I mean, you think about those teams and you think about, you associate that year with the franchise. And there are teams that have wonderful, wonderful seasons whom you don't associate with the year because they don't go far. There are a bunch of Atlanta teams that won a hundred some odd games that couldn't get out of the first round and nobody thinks of them. And so it's this look of, okay, which one of these teams, which one of these teams are the ones to do it? And this year is shaping up to be incredible. Now, and you know, I, and that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact that the National League is so tight right now. It is so tight that the team that if you had asked me on Friday, what team do you think is going to go to the World Series from the National League, I would have probably answered Arizona. And as I record this, they are two games out of the second wildcard spot. That right now, basically, two games in the loss column separate first place Colorado, second place Los Angeles, and third place Arizona. The Rockies are in first place by themselves. That could change but before the sentence ends. And you're going to have that type of a September where teams are like, which team's in the playoffs now? Which team's in the playoffs now? And you have great things like, who's going to win the MVP in the National League? That's as good a guess as anybody. I don't know. Lorenzo Cain? Javier Baez? Someone else? You know, is DeGrom going to finally win that Cy Young? Because you, you have a three-horse race for the Cy Young. The Cy Young in the American League is bananas. It probably should be Chris Sale, but he's been injured too much. So who the hell is it going to be? And while there isn't as much suspense in the American League for the postseason in terms of who's going to make it, because it's pretty clear at this point, save for a cataclysmic collapse by Oakland and the Mariners just surging ahead, you get this, I mean, the Indians have won it. Some combination of Astros A's will be either wildcard or West. Yankees and Red Sox are in it. But that wild card West thing, do you want, if you're the defending champion Astros, it's the difference between home field advantage in the division series or playing a one-game playoff against New York, in New York. And same thing goes for Oakland. So there's a lot on the line. And my Red Sox. I went into this year after the Red Sox had won the division in 2016-2017 but had the disappointing playoffs. I went into this year saying, if they just win 96 games, if they just win 96 games, I'll be happy. That's the goal. If they don't win the division or make the playoffs, if they still won 96 games, you can't complain. Well, guess what? It's the day after Labor Day, and the Red Sox have already won 95. They just have to win one more game this year, and they would have met the goal I set at the beginning of the year. 
and they are in first place. Remember when they were Yankees were sneaking up on them? Well, they're back up to an eight and a half game lead, eight in the loss column. This is statistically the greatest regular season in Red Sox history. And right now, if the playoffs were today, you would have to pick the Red Sox to win the pennant. I think the Indians might challenge them, especially if Trevor Bauer is healthy, but I think there's too many question marks in the pitching staff right now for Houston, and who knows what the A's will do, and quite frankly, the Yankees are kind of limping along. So this could be a chance for my team to do that, and and I said a few years ago, my Red Sox bucket list after seeing him win the World Series in 2004, 2007, 2013. My Red Sox bucket list is to see them win 100 games. I'd love to see them win 100 games. They're going to do that. They're going to win five more games this year. And to do it with a brand new team. Nobody left from 2004. Like a completely turned over team from the first championship. And that's what they are. Nobody's left from that original championship. Ortiz is gone. Everyone, Pedro, everyone's gone. It's a brand new team with homegrown players. I love this team. I love this team as much as any Red Sox team that I've seen since the championship in 2004. That one's obviously my favorite. That's what I want to be talking about. That's fun. This is fun. It's entertainment. It's a diversion. It's fun. So is that what I'm going to be talking about? Of course not. Much like I didn't get to talk about walking my kids to school. I started the podcast with the positive things to let you know that I'm going to continue to talk about baseball because I love it. But yesterday, I'm out with my family. We're having lunch and there's a TV on the restaurant and they're showing the Braves Red Sox games. The Red Sox had just taken a 3 nothing lead and I was like, yeah, we're going to win this. We're gonna, I'm, I'm getting super into it. And then I saw it. Stephen Wright. The Red Sox had activated Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright, who was suspended this year for domestic violence. Stephen Wright, whose presence on the team makes me sick to my stomach that my Red Sox didn't do the right thing and cut his ass. And I couldn't watch the rest of the game. I could just, I immediately diverted. There, there was no hesitation. I don't watch this guy. I don't watch this guy. And in, you know, in the end, I looked up. I saw he threw one inning. The guy came in, got three outs, and then they brought in another pitcher. And yet, I still didn't want to feel anything for this game. And I felt nothing. You notice if you've been following me on Instagram, and I'm on Instagram at Sully Baseball Podcast, whenever they've won a game or the Yankees have lost a game, that means the magic number for the games it'll take for the Red Sox to clinch the division is lowered by one. And I've been posting every time it gets lowered by one, a player whose uniform number corresponds with the lower number. I didn't do that yesterday. It went down by two because the Red Sox won and the Yankees lost. And and a day like that is usually like Mardi Gras. And I was happy that the Yankees lost to Oakland, but I just sat there and I thought, damn it. I was having so much fun with this team. I was looking forward to a fantastic October. And then he's there. 
And so I'm not watching. Oh, I'm going to watch baseball. I'm not going to deny myself pleasure. But I'm not going to support a team that has someone like him on their roster. And immediately, because I made that stance earlier, and immediately people started tweeting me, are you still going to do it, still going to do it? Yeah, of course, I didn't even hesitate. It's not even an issue. As I stated earlier this year, it's a little easier for me to take this stance since I've seen him win the World Series three times. I know some people called me out on that. But you know what? Fine. Fine. And are there domestic abusers on teams who we don't know, you know, that we'll probably find out later? Yeah, probably. Probably. But do you know what we knew about Stephen Wright? Oh, but Sully, it was a misunderstanding. Aren't they all? Aren't they all? She tried to call 911 as he was abusing her, and she prevented, he prevented her from calling 911. People don't call 911 the first time it happens. You know, it's when it becomes a problem. The first time is a problem, but when it becomes, I can't deal with it anymore. Oh, but she went back to him. Yeah, they always go back. They almost always go back. Do you know why? Think if you can figure out why. Because they're scared of their abuser. And this guy is on my team. And I took a hard stance against Aroldis Chapman. I took a hard stance against Roberto Osuna. I got to take a hard stance when it comes to my team. And I hate that. I want this to be fun. And all the Red Sox have to do, well, a couple things have to happen. Stephen Wright could blow out his knee. And then he's done. Is that what I want to happen? Well, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. You know, I usually don't wish injury, but do you know what? He apparently has no compunctions about inflicting injury. But the Red Sox say, do you want? We'll cut him. Bye. Goodbye. I mean, what's the issue? It, um, he's at this point, I mean, not that his quality or his importance to the team is that much of an issue, but do you know what? Is it worth doing this for a middle reliever down the stretch? Is Are you gay? This is the same thing with the Astros. Like, you were a wonderful team with a great chemistry, and you threw this this pile of crap into your team. Was is it worth it? Well, tell me, tell me the what's worth it here. And do you know what? You have to make this stance. Or let me let me rephrase that. I do. If you're going to still root for the Red Sox, I'm not going to pass judgment. It's your decision, but this is my decision. And. Not for a moment did I think, well, do you know what? I just want to see my team win. Can I just put this aside? No, because that's the problem. The problem is people downplaying the importance of this because they want to see their team win. That they treat that as more important than this issue. And, you know, I mean... People have said when I've talked about this that I sound self-important. And I suppose I am, if you break it down this way. This is myself. This is my opinion, my take, and I think it's important. So, Red Sox, if they don't cut them, 
I mean, I, if he's not on the playoff roster, I'll reassess what I'm feeling. I'll reassess whether or not I can support this team. But at some point, you have to make a stance. At some point, you realize the reason why this remains an incredibly dangerous problem. That the domestic violence and a, and, and a larger issue, the toxicity the masculine toxicity. Not saying, oh, men are bad. I'm saying the me, strong, tough, bold, and everything, anything weak is bad. The toxic masculinity, which pervades in this culture in ways that it, it's almost, it's so ingrained that we don't even look twice at it now. That we have to, at one point, say, Enough. Domestic violence has to stop. And it can't be excused. I was on Twitter yesterday, and I saw many, many Red Sox fans tweet the following words. Welcome back, Stephen Wright. Great to see Stephen Wright. Maybe Stephen Wright could be that pitcher we need down the stretch. And yeah, the Red Sox do need bullpen depth. They do. But not at this cost. It's not more important the fact that Heath Hembry and Joe Kelly are not pitching well to say, do you know what? We're going to look the other way when it comes to domestic violence. And that's what this is. That's exactly what this is. If the Mariners make the postseason, Roberto, uh, not Roberto, uh, uh, Robinson Cano cannot participate because he tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. He had an 80-game suspension, and he cannot participate in the postseason. Stephen Wright had a 15-game suspension, two weeks. And he can participate. So can Roberto Osuna. They are literally saying that we would rather you commit domestic violence than take a performance-enhancing drug. Think about that for a second. What needs to happen is there needs to be some consequences for this. This is one reason why it's going to continue happening, is there are no consequences for any of this. Stephen Wright can participate in the postseason and get a World Series ring if the Red Sox win. And what is to prevent him from doing it again? Seriously. Aroldis Chapman fires off that gun to intimidate his wife. He gets a slap on the wrist, gets to win the World Series that same year and get a multi-million dollar contract that same year. What, what possible deterrent is this? And we see it, I mean, we see it obviously in, in all other, I mean, but Louis C.K., people are already saying, oh, well, is it time for him to come back? Time for him to come back? What the hell are you talking about? Hey, Johnny Depp's in another big movie. We don't need Johnny Depp. We don't need Louis C.K. And we don't need Stephen Wright. And we don't need a Aroldis Chapman. Because guess what baseball is? And this is coming from the biggest baseball fan you will ever talk to in your life. It's entertainment. That's all it is. It's entertainment. It's something fun to do. 
It's not life or death. It's not solving the cure for cancer or the space program or balancing the deficit. It's, hey, I have a couple hours today. Why don't I sit down and watch a game? Wouldn't that be fun? That's what it is. And to say, hey, the team I root for has a chance to win, so I will look the other way in terms of violence and cheer them on. This is how this happens. This is why it keeps going on. There's no deterrent. There's a strong deterrent for use and performance anti-drug. There's a strong deterrent against gambling. And yes, I, I've said on here the rule of like gambling, for example, in baseball. If you're caught gambling on baseball while being involved in baseball, you are suspended forever. Lifetime suspension. And I think that's right. But gambling versus domestic violence. Now, I personally think the domestic violence policy should be this. First-time offense, permanent ban from baseball. Come at me and tell me why that's wrong. First offense, permanent ban from baseball. All right. You think that's too harsh? If you think that's too harsh, that's a you issue. But why don't I create this compromise? First offense, and, and boy, oh boy, how can anyone have an issue with this? First offense, not only are you suspended for the season, like you don't come back this year, but you are permanently banned from the postseason. You cannot ever, not 10 years from now, not 20 years from now, not as a coach, nothing. You don't get to play in the postseason. Now, personally, I think that is way too lenient. But that's a start. Because, first of all, I don't know, it may throw a consequence or two into this. I don't know, it may prevent teams like the Cubs and the Yankees twice from looking at Aroldis Chapman and go like, yeah, he's a terrible human being, but man, that fastball, we could really use that. That could help us win a World Series. Oh, Roberto Osuna. Yeah, he is still in the middle of a suspension the longest suspension they've ever given for domestic violence and still under investigation. But do you know what? The Astros, ah, man, we could use some middle relief. Ah, oh, the Red Sox, ah, do you know what? Ah, you know, we would love to do the right thing, but, you know, Heath Henry isn't cutting it. We need this guy for the playoffs. And maybe if you remove that person from the potential of going to the playoffs, you remove their value. And maybe... I don't know, maybe somewhere in the back of their head, their stupid head, before they do something awful and stupid, they may think, huh, obviously I'm a terrible human being and I'm about to commit an unforgivable crime. But if I do that, I will never get to participate and be part of what I've wanted to be part of my whole life. Clearly, they haven't wanted to be a decent human being their whole life, but I guarantee you they wanted to be part of a World Series. Take that away. Take that away. And that also sends a message to the fans saying, hey, this is what is important. We're entertainment. And it'll also take away those awkward moments when you're watching the World Series and you want to cheer a team on. But you look at the guy going, oh, God, that guy, Brett Myers, man. 
What an awful human being. So there you go. I'm not going to belabor this. The fact that I'm bringing it up at all is not something I want to do. But it's the right thing to do. We have to change our culture. And maybe part of it is to create consequences and to not cheer them on. Not give him a standing ovation. Not welcome back like he's Gabe Kapler. Did I say Gabe Kapler or Gabe Kaplan? Which one? Gabe Kapler played for the Red Sox as the manager of the Phillies. Gabe Kaplan was Mr. Cotter. Boy, my cultural references are up to date. We have to make some sort of a stance and we have to create some form of a consequence. Now, if you do not agree that first-time offense equals lifetime ban, then you are saying that you would rather have a player commit domestic violence than gamble. That's a you issue. If we won't be able to get that past the players' union, then say at least put on the table permanent postseason ban. Doesn't seem unreasonable. It seems lenient to me. It seems like a no-brainer. If the Red Sox announce that they cut Stephen Wright, I'm going to be thrilled because I want, I want so badly to watch this team in the World Series. They're such a fun team. But do you know what? Some things are more important. Some things you have to say, making a stance and being correct is more important than being entertained. That's what we have to do. And we have to start at least at one level. Will me not posting the magic number and not watching a Red Sox game change anything? I don't know. Probably not. Because I'm just one person. But if this became the norm and the point of view of how we look at domestic abusers, then, yeah, it will matter. Absolutely will. So, folks... I'm going to do a bunch of podcasts this week. And you know what they're going to be? They're going to be fun. Because there's fun stuff happening out there. There's fun stuff, especially going on in Colorado. Fun stuff that's going on in Oakland. Fun stuff that's going on with the MVP race. It's going to be a fun final month. And I can do it without paying attention to the misguided Red Sox. Because... They have on their team a goddamn scumbag. And no, Ray, I'm not sorry. Sometimes you got to say the bad words for emphasis. So, folks, think about when you cheer on a player and you encourage a player and you welcome them back. What message does that send? What does it really say? And then... Ask yourself, what does that say to a victim who tried to call 911 and was prevented by this person? What does that victim think when they see the person welcome back with open arms? What are they thinking? How do they feel? Be in their point of view and realize it isn't just entertainment for them. 
and then realize if are you doing this in other parts of your life and if we could do this piece by piece improve tiny little pieces of ourselves and how we look at the world and how we interact with the world that's how you make progress it's not by one giant change sometimes it's gradual but sometimes you have to point it out like I'm trying to do now. And maybe that change in point of view will happen, not with this generation, but as we move forward. Going back to my son, this weekend, I was kind of sitting and cuddling up with my son watching something, something, I know exactly what we were watching. We were watching Terror of Mechagodzilla because I'm trying to expose my children to classic cinema. And my son asked me, Daddy, have you ever heard of the game Kiss, Mary, Kill? And I have. That's like if you say three, like three people said, I would want to kiss that person, I want to marry that person, I want to kill that person. I've heard other variations on it where it's not kiss, but that's, ba- that's the general gist. Said, yeah, I've heard that game. And my son asked me, for the person I say kiss, is it consensual? Because I don't want to kiss someone if it's not consensual. And I said, as far as the game goes, the answer is yes. But right there, that's not a question I would have asked. So maybe we're putting the right things into the generation after us, and they'll be better than we are. Think about it, folks. Think about what you're doing when you say, yeah, I know that happened, but we need his pitching. What are your priorities there? Now, my priorities are to still have fun this September, and tomorrow we are going to be talking about all sorts of crazy stuff, especially this Bananas National League West, which I can't figure out. So, go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe to iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. You can be old school, send me an email, info at SullyBaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Doing a podcast I really didn't want to do. After mopping up a toilet, I didn't want to mop up. This has been Sully Baseball for the first day after Labor Day 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.